0: welcome into a special bonus episode of the club and country podcast there is no tim this time but my co-host eddie carvacho nashville sc radio analyst uh my co-radio voice of nashville soccer you've heard him on a heart radio uh you heard him this past weekend on fifteen ten wlac eddie thanks for joining
1: well thank you for, for inviting me west to uh, your very popular and successful podcast
0: well, I don't know if it's successful or popular, but it is a podcast, so one of those three things is true. Um, and and you've been extremely popular and successful here in your MLS radio debut. But of course, you go back to to the USL days uh, with this club. We called a lot of matches together those first two years. Um, have you ever had to vamp for fifty five minutes straight on uh, on the radio during a weather delay?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I actually when it was a you know, we had we were announced at the delay. I'm thinking, okay, wow. Now you're gonna start digging because you come prepared to talk about our pre-game show, which is a very comprehensive and, and we touch a lot of different topics and we bounce around and we provide a very deep perspective. I I believe that and uh, some of the fans who listen, they 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 share that insights and they love that uh, perspective, right? And then all of a sudden, like, oh, now we got to go 55 minutes. <laughs> okay so now uh but i thought we did a really good job and we dug into the league and we just discussed uh, how incredible things change and how fast can mm-hmm. things change right so um again it's, it's all fun and and i did text uh, my family i said hey we got a weather delay we got about an hour of talking and all your smiling faces <laughs> Ha-ha. that's what you do anyway so you know <laughs> what, what do you worry about and uh, you know, and you know, there, some of them, I think it was my daughter or my son who said, yeah, you're just hoping for a three hour delay, aren't you? And I'm like, ah. so, anyway.
0: Neither of us have ever been confused of being concise. What's that line from the movie? Thank you for smoking. Michael Jordan plays basketball. Charles Manson kills people. I talk. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, exactly. it's, it's what we do. And it was a lot of fun. So a little background on that for those who are listening. So with iHeartRadio, we have a set number of commercial breaks. And if we, uh, hit too many commercial breaks before the end of the broadcast. The broadcast just ends, and we didn't want that to happen. We didn't even cut off the second half, so we still had to take the same number of breaks pregame, even though there was about almost an hour rain delay. And it was fun. We talked uh, talked soccer. We we uh, gave ourselves a bit of reprieve with about twelve minutes of press conference uh, stuff in the middle there. But man, there's nobody I'd rather share a booth with than you. In in those moments, Thank it you. was it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely, it was fun and. Again, we get to talk about the league and we get to talk about, again, providing that different perspective, not just from a Nashville SC vantage point, but again, and now it's so hot with the playoff rays and teams and, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm starting to be starting to be more active on Twitter, which, yeah. you know, I, I was looking the other day, I had 281 followers. I'm like, what a loser. <laughs> I mean... Are you serious? I that's am, up I'm in, like
0: 20% from the beginning of the year, though. People probably, are catching on.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thank you for all of those who have followed me since we started uh, this uh, journey on iHeartRadio. But God, I was like, seriously cannot even get to 500 hey, so, I, so i think i'm gonna make it a personal let's get to 500 before this season is over but i think that's too optimistic but anyway
0: hey uh, I, right now everybody follow gigantico biz biz gigantico biz we'll get you up to at least 300 by the end of this interview
1: there you go i love that there
0: <laughs> you go Little so i I want to better understand, uh, we've talked about this privately, but I especially want the audience to understand what your routine looks like. Tell tell us again what your day job is in in terms of of leading a a soccer academy program and where all you've traveled over the course of this season while still maintaining a broadcast load and being on every weekend with with us on iHeartRadio.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Well, I'm a director of coaching for Tennessee United, is uh, a, a large club up here in the north side of town uh, in the Hendersonville, Gallatin, uh Sumner County, if you would. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a lot of good. We've got some a lot of good players and families coming from the Mount Juliet, coming on 109. So we're kind of in the north side of things and stay very active, you know, uh, uh, and with a club and. Uh, working with the different coaches. Uh, I have about 20, 25 teams that I kind of oversee. I'm mm. the, the director of the girls program. That is a, a new assignment starting this year. So very challenging and uh, always looking for ways to improve the program. And, uh, and and more importantly, you know, design this journey for our play, young players. Many of them, you know, have aspirations to play at that next level. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's keeping the pulse of what's going on, but, uh, also reminding them that this is a long process, you know, mm-hmm. you know and, uh, and that, that, that is taxing. And of course I also coach, um, one of, uh, of our, our U13 team girl with 2010 shout out to them. They're awesome. I just got them this year and they're fun. They're intelligent. Uh, they're challenging me to be a better coach. And I think that is what, what I do, what I do. Uh, I love that. Uh, that opportunity to have an impact on young players, but also always finding way. They make me better too. So
0: hmm.
1: um, I think that's what keeps me young.
0: How does that impact how you view what the players are doing on the pitch? These players are not that much older, in some cases, a la Owen Wolf, the same age as as some of the kids yeah. that you're coaching or the program that you're overseeing. How does that change your analysis when you're probably constantly thinking from the player perspective and as a former goalkeeper yourself versus somebody like me who tries to be very humid, very kind and respectful of the individual, but also doesn't have that playing experience? Uh, d- does it change the way that you see a match and analyze it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because I probably would say, and... In- in that those of, of those some of my players or parents or that are actually listening to the broadcast, they would say probably, "Oh my gosh, Coach Eddie just told me that last week or two <laughs> weeks ago." Or, you know, the emphasis on taking care of the little things and there is no time. Uh, you can't choose when you want to compete. Uh, all those messages, right, that are within the, uh, the the aura of coaching but also teaching the game. Uh, I would say probably they it, there is a very good correlation or accurate correlation of what I do in every weekend, every week with my players is what, how I see the game. I do see the game from the player's perspective, but mm-hmm. I also from a coach perspective, as you know, sitting now with me, sometimes I bring some insights that, you know, that they're like what the player is feeling, what they might be going through, what the coaching staff is thinking in terms of, hey, now it's time to substitution. You know, feeling that the player okay, he may you know his legs are, might be heavy. Now is the time, uh, you know. So you're sort of looking at it from from that, and and I think that's where the value is, right? Is that you're I'm able to wear that coaching hat and the player hat and the former player and, and the and the youth coach, but also a former professional coach. I, I think it, I try to do the best that I can and bring in that. So those who are listening. Are getting and again that like we were talking about when you're listening the radio, you gotta try to paint that picture mm-hmm. a little bit brighter, a little bit clearer, and I try to do the best on that. And in terms of to answer your question in terms of preparation, you know, during the week is uh, I, I am not as prepared as you are. You are a amazing professional, and you make my job so easy uh, that when I walk in on Saturday, I am prepared because you have helped me prepare with the way how you analyze, prepare things, our scripts. And um, so what I do is uh, obviously I put a lot of attention to that to be prepared because I got to support you as well. But I-, I watch a lot of highlights. I hate to say it. And when I have a chance to watch the games, I'll watch the games yeah. of those teams. that are coming. Um, I also am fortunate enough that I have contacts within the league. And I may throw a text once in a while to Robin Fraser, the coach from Colorado, or you know um I, I, another person that I may know right mm-hmm. within a franchise hey what are you hearing just to get another insight here and there but I, I think for the most part I uh, say team as a broadcast team and that include Jamie and Tony in this and needless to say in our broadcast calls with Gary Smith they're very insightful yeah. they're extremely insightful that you can take a lot of from that um, but more importantly is it's it's blending all the information so that when you're on the call, you try to provide a unique a perspective, but also a balanced perspective, not to play too much into one side or the other. And sometimes within this uh, Nashville SC latest three four weeks, we have definitely explored uh, multiple uh, vantage points in, into <laughs> our discussion. So it's been good, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, roller coaster of a season, and right now things are uh, on the up for sure. Uh, let's talk about, about that campaign this year. I mean, there, Just three or four weeks ago, we're sitting there in the booth talking about must-win games, and that's a phrase neither of us really likes to to use. I think we've used the phrase defining moment three or four times this year, and all of a sudden now it's a team that's still very much in the thick of the playoff race because that playoff line keeps rising beneath Nashville as well. Things aren't over yet. But to what do you attribute this turnaround? hani has been good the whole time. He's been, he was good when the team was struggling in that six match winless streak. He's good now in a four match win streak. So is it something other than him that, that has caused this resurgence? Or do you see it as, Hey, this team's been playing pretty well all along. It's just that now they're getting the reward, the product for their process.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a combination of those things. I know Hanny has been good, but now he's exceptional. Uh, He has been very, very prolific. Um, And needless to say, You know, you could argue some other players have stepped, and I think it's been more collectively uh, where individual performances have have rised, uh, but also somewhat of maybe this urgency of must-win or defining moment of all of these very much very professional players. I mean, these are professional players. They know. They understand what's at stake. And for them, I think the most important thing is that they have bought into being accountable, and and I think you're starting to see that. Obviously, in this last four games, uh, there was the sense of accountability of guys just rising to that occasion. Mm-hmm. It, is, it, it, it has been collective because very quickly it could have gone the other way. Yeah, you know, and that is that fine line of the margin of at the final moment, and and you know Gary Smith and his staff could try to do different things tactically and you can start to see some of that but ultimately it is the players right mm-hmm. what, what, what do we say players win games and coaches loses them so <laughs> it, it becomes really quickly and uh, well you know we're not winning so we got to find uh, a reason why and the reason sometimes is not as clear as fans would like to say oh, is this one thing it's the sum of multiple things mm-hmm. I mean if you go back even you know, an example, and this is very, maybe, you know, even the, on the Saturday game, um, Alex Mule has got that one opportunity inside the six when Hanny's holding the ball. He finds him, and Alex is within four yards, five yards, and he actually hits the ball and shanks it or misses it wide. They have had those opportunities throughout their, their, their options. The question is now they're defending better. They have found a way, and I attribute that to tactically Nash were really committing to attacking. I've seen this in the broadcast. There's no better way to defend than to attack. Mm-hmm. And they have found a very good balance. And needless to say, the additions of Shaq Moore, who is a very much forward-like flank player in Schafferberg, I think has been the greatest surprise of all uh, because of if I'm a fantasy league team, you know, if I'm playing fantasy league and I have Schafferberg probably – whatever value he is I've already got that times 10 <laughs> because of what he has, what he brings to the team yeah. and not only efficiency on the field, but what does that mean psychologically to the guys who are behind him? Mm-hmm. Because now he has raw, ri- he raised the standard of Alex Mule of um, Washington, Taylor Washington or uh, Hackinson, you know, guys that are going to play in that position. It's like, Whoa, if I won minutes, i got to be as good as, if not better, than the guys in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's what you have seen in this resurgence of this Nashville team. Every team goes through the ups and downs. If you're a Liverpool fan right now, you're asking yourself, what the heck is going on? <laughs> Why is Mo Salah not really performing? You know, only five shots of goal in the last five, six games. The team the other day scores nine goals, and Mo Salah is nobody to be found.
0: Yeah, speaking it's, of fantasy think, teams, he was my captain on my fantasy team that game. Not happy. Not happy with that.
1: Not happy at all, right? <laughs> so, when you're starting to look at those things, players go through the ups and downs, mm-hmm. the challenges that you can afford one or two guys not to have a good game. The problem is that when you have now six, seven, eight, and nine, then that has become challenging. I think that's what happened to Nashville. You have too many guys at the same time having average or below average performances. That and then collectively, you know, it, it showed. Again, mm-hmm. Hanny being the exception, although Hanny has had some games that you go, ooh, okay, maybe not tonight. Uh, but he is motivated. Uh, you have a team that has, and we talked about this in the broadcast, this team has gone from gaining the confidence back to believing that they can win every game. Yeah. Kind of what happened in 2022 in you know, the last season with this team. I believe that they were not going to get scored on and they were able to sustain. Now it's even a better performance because you have defenders defending midfielders, you know, controlling the tempo, winning the ball. That you now you have the offensive creating oper- scoring opportunities, and that is that is the essence of every game. You know.
0: Yeah. One one bit of praise I want to give to you before we move on to to my next question is that that you you saw Jacob Schaffelberg's potential contribution before he'd ever touch the pitch for game action. It was warm-ups, I believe, of that first game that he was playing for Nashville, that Dallas match. And you looked at me during a commercial break and you said, I watched Schaffelberg during warm-ups man, that his crossing from the left side looks really good. I think he might just give this team something different than it had before. And and even as Gary Smith was publicly and privately kind of tempering expectations for what the the product might be, you know, he believed, obviously we brought this guy in for his potential, uh, that potential shown itself on the field. So I just want to give you a little bit of love for, for seeing that um, right, right before anybody else ever saw it uh, because it was, it was in those warmups. I want to to talk to about your statement about the mentality of, this team, sense of urgency. You know, there have been times on the broadcast when I've said, look, get to 45, get to 48 points and you're probably in pretty decent shape to get to the playoffs. And you've said, no, get above 50. You With, with this season, you just never know. Don't look at a draw as something you want to aim for in advance. You know, a draw versus Austin last Saturday would have been a pretty decent result. But you made the point before the like you can't just settle for that. You've got to keep pushing. This team has. They were mad they didn't get a fifth goal against Dallas, you know, and and a fourth goal against Austin. Does that surprise you that they have kind of had the same approach that you've recommended of, you know, don't don't settle for draws, get after it because we haven't always seen that from this team earlier this year. They'd get up and and they'd sit back a little earlier than than uh, than maybe they should have.
1: Yeah, and, and I think again, it's uh, you can have the best game plan uh, on earth, and you can be super prepared and. And have every, cover, every, cross every T and dot every I, you know, as a coaching staff. Ultimately, you depend on the players to execute that. And, and we can argue, and to your point, uh, we can make an argument, a fair argument, uh, a, a very balanced argument that Nashville lucked out against Colorado mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent. That first half was not a, a team that is chasing to stay in the playoffs either they were surprised they were shocked by why but what uh, Colorado was trying to do so again even just right now in this wonderful four game winning streak and and they had a really below average half and that just happened this past week yep so that's what I'm coming from it's like you cannot pick and choose when to have those performances because in this league of parity I, I and I even said it on the you can even look overlook houston forget please don't overlook houston please no they'd be nashville please don't play down to what houston could be because houston's maybe mentality of how they want to save their season is let's be the spoiler so you never know what's the mentality maybe half of those players are playing right now for a contract next year something so they can feed their families maybe there's international players are in the brink of not even being renewed and now they're going to have to go back to their country and they love America and they want whatever plans that they may have. There are so many things that go into it. Bottom line is if you replicate what you did against Austin, you're going to be fine. The second part of this and we talked about the fan perspective and, and we talked about this on, on air and said, hey, rightfully so, it's okay for the fans to be disappointed with what they were seeing in terms of a product mm-hmm. on the field. Also, they didn't feel that it was exciting, that the product that they were, they're were they buying, it's less than entertaining and there was a lot of shattering here and there. Ultimately, that has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see, and maybe it was a byproduct of this, holy cow, must win. It kind of forced this team to go like, whatever we were doing, it's not working. We got to change. Now, with that? did that came from a change on Gary Smith' tactical approach, probably. But it also became on this belief from players to say, we are also fighting for a contract next year. We're also fighting to try to get this team at the highest. There is no tomorrow. There's no more important moment than the moment that they are in. Yeah. And I think you're starting to see that, right? You're starting to see. I was impressed by Dax McCarty, as you know, over uh, Saturday. I thought it was his best game. It's a guy who's played 400 games. I mean, come on. <laughs> and so he is, has found that next level of motivation, that mindset. Yeah. And now it's contagious and it's coming all the way around. And you're starting to see that.
0: Uh, and of course, the biggest driver of the success this season has been Hani Mukhtar. He, he goes up against his. Fellow MVP front run, I think it's safe to say they're one versus two in some order. Sebastian Driussi, and he completely outshines him in that game. He has the late brace, but he had created five chances before halftime. I mean, people don't don't necessarily see that, you know. But but he was he was a catalyst from beginning to end. How important was that performance directly against his chief competitor? In elevating him in that MVP race, and do you think he's done enough? If the season were to end today, and they're going to play each other again, maybe C. goes off for a hat trick. But does he done? You know, has he done enough today? You think to to be the front runner as we speak.
1: That's a good question, and I, I would hate to say that this a a, a market type of perspective. And what I mean by that, when I was at Columbus, we had certain players and, 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 and you know, when I was part of the Columbus crew the coaching staff in uh, 2008, 2007, 2008, you know, we have Guillermo barros Keloto you know, in the first year, he did very well. Um, and he was a candidate very similar to what's going on with, with Hany Muttar. And it comes down to small market. You know, Columbus, really Midwest, competing to a player who might be from the West Coast or the East Coast was going to get more lights. A lot of that is influences. So I think Nashville is almost being viewed as the hee-haw and, you know, as the the (laughs) Southern team. And, oh, this Hanny Mukhtar guy. Listen, if I'm Nashville, just between you and I right now, if I'm Nashville... I'm worried that Hanny is not being offered ten, to fifteen million dollars next season to go play somewhere else in the MLS. Yeah, it is. He, there is one thing you cannot deny. As a GM, I'm thinking the key word is consistency. There is no one has been more consistent than Hanny in for the last two seasons for Nashville. I see, right? And the impact he has had does that influence in the in the decision uh, on MVP? I think it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was important for him. Uh, to be that kind of guy, uh, I think you're starting to see now. Uh, I, I thought I think I saw Taylor Twellman tweeted something out, or uh, um, Stu Holden. Stu oh, Holden, yeah. Stu Holden was the one. That's like, oh, like, yeah. Now I'm convinced. Okay, that's fine. Um, I think it's going to be really important. The consistency. Haney doesn't have to score a brace every game, but he's going to have to be continue to be that guy, the mm-hmm. go-to guy. Um, Drew Uzi, I wasn't impressed with him. Um, not only on the field, what he did, but also his body language. I think I made the comment even you there. Did. I said, Hey, if if anything, if I'm an MLS guy and I'm looking at this, and that is one I can see the, a guy who was defeated, a guy who didn't like it, was only 2 0. Come on, if you're an MVP type of caliber guy, you're clapping, you're telling your guys, Let's go, let's get a next goal in, let's find it. He was done. He was already beaten. And I think that may sway a little bit more for for Hani Mukhtar because he was relentless. Uh, He had a first half that was very, in my opinion, kind of emotional. He got a little bit into the referees and maybe a little bit of the pressure he's feeling. But you can see second half, he just let it go. And he was just Hani Mukhtar. They found him quickly. They were able to get him involved, engage, isolate him in 1v1s which we mentioned that that would be something important for him, mm-hmm. and then the rest is history.
0: I think that third goal of the game, the second by Hani this, this past Saturday was maybe my, my favorite moment in a broadcast booth this season, and your call of it was excellent. Um, we, uh, we will play it here, actually. Let's go ahead. Let's play that clip of, of both of us uh, talking about that, that amazing moment for Nashville. Two defenders, two boys in gold. Shaq Moore for Mukhtar. Ladies and gentlemen, salute your MVP front runner. It's a brace. And Hani Mukhtar, the golden boy has stormed into the golden boot lead. Nashville 3, Austin Nil. What a great
1: play by Nashville. They actually stole a page from Austin FC on how to do a counterattack because that was exquisite defended by Dave Romney who was able in a very tight situation clear the ball it lands the ball on McCarty we had mentioned earlier how wonderful he's playing tonight in his distribution and who is making a 40 50 yard run Shaq Moore and who is going with him? The MVP hand Mukhtar. And Shaq Moore delivers an incredible, precise cross right into Mukhtar's pathway for a wonderful goal. Absolutely the best team goal that we have seen in a long time by this Nashville team.
0: So, uh, courtesy of iHeartRadio there, a really fun call. I want to ask you, other than that one, which I, I guess I took it because that was my favorite so far this year in the booth, what's your favorite match been this year or favorite moment in the radio booth as you've, you've tracked this team this year? It's a hard question, I know.
1: Yeah, it is hard, and, and, and I think I come from a more of a humble standpoint. I just, I'm just lucky. I'm just lucky to be right now, be part of this, uh, of the broadcast, be, be with you and be part of the, of the Nashville C scene, um, You know, again, it brings me closer and closer to my passion. Uh, I would say just me being there, every game has something special. Mm -hmm. Now I can think of, uh, you know, the very first game. Unfortunately, I was not there for the opening, the inaugural game, because that was a national televised game. But the very next weekend, we were there and just seeing – for me, it was very impactful to be inside Giotis Park on game day. Yeah. And I think because I remember I related a lot of, to my former days of a player. I played for the Nashville metros when we played in East L Park and we played down in the old Franklin High School, you know, football field somewhere in, in, deep into Franklin. And that was <laughs> our home. And and we loved it. And we felt special to, to have something like that, to be at Geodas Park on that First game is definitely a memory that I will I will have forever, uh, and I think that's one of my most special moments. The fact that I could just I was in awe that I could be calling a game, the game that I love, a team that is from the city that I call home, and then to see it at 20 years later. oh ah, man, the final product there it is. For me, that meant a lot to me. Uh, it's probably my my most favorite moment and being the ready booth.
0: That's fantastic. I have one more question for you um and this one's the most important one yet the sponsor this podcast is sponsored by m l rose A uh, great great burger spot on eighth avenue um we're gonna go there. I'm inviting you to go with me on decision day after that last match let's let's go to m l rose let's let's, do it. let's grab a drink and my question for you is will you go burger will you go wings will you go nachos with your food choice
1: well burgers uh, yeah. definitely a medium rare burger uh, yeah. It actually is funny and uh, I have uh, but about 2 years ago my wife and I was we, we started to do this but then we never hey let's find the best burger spots in Nashville. We got mm. to a couple places and okay uh but yeah absolutely a burger uh with that with extra mayo.
0: Ooh okay. Medium rare extra mayo. I love it. I think yeah. you'd be a fan of the Belgian. It's got um, okay. It's got some onion straws. It's got a, like a yep. garlic mayo. Oh man, it's like very European, but I also oh that, so yeah. good. Nice, greasy yeah. enough to be called American though, for sure. Oh I'm man, already hungry. Yeah, All right, yeah I would just eat lunch. I'm gonna go get some more. Um, Eddie thank you so much for for connecting with us. Where can people find you on on social media and elsewhere?
1: T- Twitter at uh, Gigantico Biz, as you already mentioned. Man, I want I want to get to five hundred. Come on, can you deserve I deserve it? I deserve five hundred.
0: Yeah, yeah, we deserve 5,000. Uh, um, everybody listening to this show, like right now, hop on Twitter. Your app can do two things at once. As you listen to us here, hop on Twitter, at Gigantico Biz. Um, it, it's, uh, or for those of you who are Southern like me, Giganticobiz. Biz. There you go. That gives yeah, you the spelling.
1: Gigantico. Yeah, in Gigantico means gigantic. So you know, if you see me, you know why? You
0: got that keeper stature for sure. Yeah, dude, uh, exactly. Thanks so much for joining us, and of course, uh, do catch our the rest of our broadcast, folks, on iHeartRadio this year with the Nashville SC app. Uh, thank you, Eddie. Thanks to ML Rose for the sponsorship, 440 Sports for the platform, and Moon Taxi for the music. This has been a bonus episode of Club and Country.